As we move through the fruits of the Spirit, this week we look at generosity. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Just prior to this event, Jesus has warned against religious scholars who elevate themselves while exploiting and stealing from widows. And just after this event, Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. Chapters 20 and 21 lead up to Passover, Jesus' betrayal, and death by execution. Jesus looked up and saw rich people putting their offerings into the temple treasury. And then he noticed an impoverished woman, a widow, putting in two copper coins. At that, he said, the truth is, this woman has put in more than all the rest. They made contributions out of their surplus, but she, from her want, has given what she couldn't afford, every penny she had to live on. For the good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. God, in your love, grace, and generosity, may you work in our hearts through these words and amidst our fellowship today. In addition to our gospel reading, let us hear from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 6 through 9. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, use it in proportion to your faith. If your gift is ministry, use it for service. If you are a teacher, use your gift for teaching. If you are good at preaching, then preach boldly. If you give to charity, then give generously. If you are a leader, exercise your authority with care. If you help others, do so cheerfully. Your love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. The story from the Gospels that we read today, chronicled in Luke and Mark, is often called the story of the widow's might for the name of the coins she, she contributed. When I read it, I look at the necklace I wear almost every day. For my 16th birthday, my parents gave me this, a mite, a coin from first century Judea. They told me that they gave me this gift on an important day because I gave so much of myself to God. The necklace is precious to me because of this meeting and especially because it was a loving and thoughtful gift from my father and mother. As I've learned, the term might comes from the Dutch and was popularized with its use in the King James Bible. This coin was actually called a lepton, so the impoverished woman who had been widowed contributed two lepta to the temple treasury. These were the smallest Roman coin and the least valuable currency circulating in Judea. So in our context, this would be like contributing two pennies. What might be spare change to some was this woman's only remaining money. 
As we journey through Lent together, studying the fruits of the Spirit, our theme for this week is generosity. Often, the woman who gave her last two pennies to the temple is upheld as an example of generosity and service. We too ought to give our all to God or to the church, rather than simply giving out of our surplus like the rich people in the story. What if Jesus didn't point out this woman as a paradigm for giving and service, however, but to call attention to the system that caused her desperation and to lament? This woman's sacrificial giving came out of a place of unmet need, and still she was giving. Is this actually good? And who or what should have been caring for her? I'm thinking about this woman. Maybe Jesus knew she was a widow because of how she was dressed. We don't know if she was old or young, if she lived alone or with other women. I wonder, did she expect any more income in the near future? It certainly doesn't sound like it. What was her relationship to the temple where she was giving her last two coins? Was anyone in the religious community looking out for her? Does anyone talk to her when she visits the temple? Did it occur to the rich people, those who gave a fraction of their income to the treasury? to make sure this woman had enough to eat? Now, I don't know a lot about the situation of widows in first century Jerusalem, but I know that over and over, Jesus exhorted his followers to care for widows and orphans who are some of the most vulnerable members of his society. And I believe that this is the Jesus who describes the widow's offering. It's important that we consider this text within the context of the Gospel of Luke in its last few chapters. Jesus will soon be betrayed by a friend, detained, tried, and executed. So this observation at the temple is one of the last things he shares with his companions. In Luke 20, verses 46 to 47, which immediately precedes our story, Jesus says, Beware of the religious scholars who love to go about in their long robes and be greeted deferentially in the marketplace. They take the front seats in the synagogue and places of honor at banquets. They swallow up the property of women who are widowed and make a show of offering lengthy prayers. People like them will be severely punished. After such a message of woe, to those who exploit widows and increase their poverty, Jesus then notices a widow ent entering the temple herself. This woman may have experienced the very exploitation Jesus deplores. Had she been manipulated into giving what little she had left for her own needs? Was she giving genuinely, still, even in her vulnerability? I really cannot claim to know. However, I would like to connect this woman with the passage we read from Romans in the hopes that it will mean something to us, the people of the United Parish in Brookline and friends. Every day you have opportunities to be generous with your time, your talents, your money, your energy, and more. Maybe you are asked to speak in a worship service 
or you see an opportunity to bring groceries to a friend who is caring for their sick relative. You might consider giving money to the Natural Resources Defense Council, the Brookline Food Pantry, or this church. Have you coached a children's sports team or consulted for a friend of a friend who needed, who needed legal advice? Have you watched someone's children while they went to therapy? All of these are examples of generosity. Opportunities to be generous come in our personal, professional, and spiritual lives. According to Paul in Romans 12, generosity is one of a number of gifts that people possess as diverse members of the body of Christ. I argue that we can be generous with any gift, whether it be teaching, caring for children, math, leadership, baking, playing an instrument, growing a garden, or just about anything. But this listing of gifts is followed immediately by this requirement. Your love must be sincere. The fruits of the Spirit and virtues we are exploring as a congregation this Lent are all rooted in love, God's love and our love as a response to the love of God. Today, I encourage you to be generous in love and to do so sincerely. Be generous with others and with yourself. If you're able to drive someone to the airport sincerely, while still taking good care of yourself, then this is an act of genuine generosity. If you are not able to share a story in worship right now because you just have too much to do or you're uncomfortable, then it may be the most generous thing to say no, even if I am the one asking you, <laughs> and to care for yourself. Just before the passage we read, in Romans 12, verse 5, Paul writes, So all of us, uh, in union with Christ, form one body. And as members of that one body, we belong to each other. The rich people in the temple, the religious scholars who devoured the houses of widows, did not recognize or care that we all belong to each other. And we do. The woman who is widowed belongs to the legislator. The legislator belongs to the grocery store shelf stalker, the lawyer to the MBTA operator, the first grade student to the nurse administering COVID vaccines at Fenway Park. And so, as we all belong to each other, let us be sincerely generous to one another and to ourselves as God is generous to each and every one of us.